0: Oh, <laughs> we should do the pot at some point in time, but um, because I'm getting a little drunk now. Are you drinking yeah, anything? Yeah,
1: I got a, uh, I got a khaki cracked here. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm podding.
0: <laughs> I'm podding. Uh, yeah, I got um, I'm drinking vodka and I uh, sweet tea. oh that? Oh, what do you call that? I don't know. I'm putting a little lemon in it, so I'm gonna call it like a. It's kind of like a drunken Arnold Palmer, which is a John Daly, of course. Yeah. So, well, it's it's kind of a northern sweet tea though. It's not like super super sweet like they make it down. It's
1: not like syrupy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like a cup of sugar.
1: Dude, I hate that shit. Like I go down there and. uh, Get a tea and it's automatically sweet. It's just like, God damn it. You yeah.
0: know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're a northerner at heart.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm a Yankee. The only Yankee in my family, so I gotta represent
0: Dude. I saw um I was at uh the coffee shop today. I'm meeting with this guy, and we're talking about Spinoza. <laughs>
1: oh shit.
0: But I was sitting there and this kid walked by, couldn't have been more than like 15, 16 years old, and he had on Doc Martens, mm. like brand new Doc Martens, uh, uh, like half high. And he's got these brand new bright yellow uh, laces in them, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, he looks and he's got like the man, I can't remember what band he had. It was something. Like very typical nineties, you know, or even probably eighties. You know, but he was like a um like a cutout of what nineties looked like. It's like coming back.
1: It is coming back. It's also coming
0: back real clean. I finally he didn't have a speck of dirt on him. I have
1: finally arrived. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's back except yeah now like
0: <laughs> there's nothing grungy about oh, no. it that's the problem
1: <laughs> that's the thing they're all like $85 Patagonia flannels and shit man like I know every flannel I have at least one elbow is blown out <laughs> you know like uh, exactly
0: I got pain on my pants all, and they were big because they were like used right yeah we got them at the Good thrift will. store it was like the first time like the thrift store happened right Yeah, man. You're the OG vintage.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I got, like, paint or ink or something on something, Mm. and, like, my shoes are blown out. And, (laughs) yeah, it's just, (laughs) yeah. yeah.
0: It was like a, um, I don't know, it was like this generation's version of a grunge person. You know what I mean? Like, this is what it looks like when I look back on the 90s, This is what you get. You're like, man, that wasn't anything like that. No, I think they get
1: confused because of what era they're in. That. uh, Sorry, I walked away from the mic real quick. I think they get confused from what era they're in because they think that Mm -hmm. all of that was contrived and like on purpose and very like uh, thought out. And it is like, no, Mm no, that's not. Nope. You pick that shit up off the floor. And you put it on and you wore it for two or three days and then you went to Goodwill and bought a $3 shirt that was already worn, not distressed, just worn out, you know, and yeah, you got some corduroys (laughs) or you can't. But the one thing I have noticed is you cannot find corduroy pants very, uh, very easily these days.
0: Like new ones? Yeah, much to my
1: chagrin. Uh, and and, it, I've and, looked and if you everywhere. do, it's
0: the tiniest whale. It's like the insignificant. It's the. It's like, is that a whale or is that? I don't even know what that is. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the thinnest whale.
1: Yep. Or it's like the shit. fucking jinko shit. You know, and it's like, no, <laughs> I don't want that. I want regular corduroy. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so hard.
1: But I mean, I have looked everywhere. Like I got, uh, I got into it one night and was like searching all these stores looking for some corduroy pants and i was like i mean it was already the irony of me ordering grunge clothing online but yeah i guess i'm gonna have to go to goodwill and look around but i mean i'm assuming all they're gonna have is the thick whale or a pleat or both
0: yeah it's not gonna be yeah we gotta wait a few more years And then some of us will start dying off, then people will pick it off their wardrobes. (laughs) Some of us
1: sooner (laughs) than later, I think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Accelerating the process. it's not grungy.
0: No. It fucking looks ridiculous. Yeah,
1: Yeah, some shiny-ass, like, waxy Doc Martens with bright-ass laces. Come on, Mm -hmm. dude. (laughs) Yeah. Scuff those up. I used to wear my Doc Martens without socks. Ooh. Yeah. That's a bold one. When note. I was out of socks, I just put them on. Fuck it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: But it wasn't a conscious thing. I was just a filthy animal. It wasn't like I was doing yeah. it on purpose. It was just sl- sloth and like yeah, lifestyle that's, of that's like the thing about no grunge. sleep and
0: like, you know, yeah. Don't wash your hair. Right. That kind of stuff
1: Yeah Oh dude when I had long Cause you
0: can't get that look Without the lifestyle That's my point I guess Yeah In the end You can't get that look Without the lifestyle right. It comes off stupid Right Yeah You gotta have hate in your heart Like this joke gen- <laughs>
1: Yeah <laughs> You have to <laughs> You gotta be real angry About something That's keeping you up at night <laughs>
0: And you wanna do something that feels like it's it's killing you, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you wanna feel something other than just the nothingness that ensues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this gener-
0: this generation's Wilco would have would have started shot in the arm with the the vape pen says you've been up all night. Exactly. Like
1: yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> your vape your empty vape's vape cartridges. And they would have talked about popcorn lung. <laughs> oh, popcorn
0: that is pretty good segue, man. I love this album. It's so dark. <laughs> oh. Welcome to The Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week, Jeremy Cohn and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, we've got Reed from Sports, Sports, Sports filling in for Jerry as we celebrate 20 years of that dream you keep having... It doesn't seem to mean anything. Break out the candy floss in your notebook full of white, dry pages. We're talking summer teeth next on The Radio Care.
1: Hey, Reed. Hey, dude. How's it going? Greetings from the great
0: Midwest. Thanks for filling in for Jerry. Oh, for sure. And this is the perfect album for you to fill in for. Yes. Too, I feel like. It's a great album. And I'm just three hours south of
1: where Wilco hails, so, you know, close by.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. They're Midwest. That's right the mid the midwest mecca so we were talking before have you have you decided when you you started or, or or came into to wilco um i got introduced to wilco
1: actually by a buddy that we later were college roommates um and he uh he and I went to a show down in Bloomington, Indiana, where IU is, and uh, saw them. I can't. I've tried to look up the date, and I can't find it. But I'm thinking it yeah, was like 2000, rare. 2001. So it was pro. It was after Summer Teeth, but it was uh, the show was still pretty heavy on uh, being there.
0: Um and right on. But they haven't put out Yankee Hotel. No, yet, they had not they? put out Yankee Hotel. They had no. not.
1: No, okay, it was before so that.
0: the summer teeth would have been the record basically they were touring yeah. on.
1: It was this small little club in Bloomington, and I mean there were like I don't know like maybe two or three hundred people there. I remember it feeling real empty, and we were like right on the stage, real close. I mean I I mean I had listened to them, but I didn't really know who these dudes were, um, like I do now, and um, yeah, it was a great show. That was... Yeah, it was it was pre Nails Klein, all that. So the lineup was a little sure. different. And, um, yeah, that was my first exposure to them seeing them live. My actual first time hearing them was the Being There album. And it was kind of an initiation by fire. We were on spring break. This same buddy of mine, my old roommate, and uh, mm-hmm. this, uh, uh, this other girl, we went down for spring break to go camping in uh, Smoky Mountains, And she had Mm -hmm. disc one of being there. And it was like one of the only CDs we had. So we just kept listening to it (laughs) and kept listening. Because we didn't have room for the Case Logic CD book to bring 256 (laughs) discs with us. Uh, uh, Aging myself. But uh, those were the good old days. And um, yeah, it was just that misunderstood song. Over and over mm-hmm. and over, and then I bought Summer Teeth, and I lived in this old house in downtown Anderson when I was in college, and that was on, that was on play a lot, man. That that I I love that. It. it it probably it's a close tie maybe between being there and Summer Teeth, but I think Summer Teeth is probably
0: my favorite album. Yeah, it's um, I, I came in, I, I spent a. A year in Chicago Ooh. in 02 yeah. I think. And so that was right when Yankee Hotel Foxtrot came out. So everyone was on it. Yeah. They were just inundated with it there. And so I, I came onto to that and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I had never really grown up liking any kind of country. There was like yeah. this kind of, yeah. in the Midwest, you know, it's like you have the classic rock station, you have the country mm-hmm. station and like country to you or contemporary country to you is like Shania Twain. Right. And then, um, I, I didn't even really have a respect for the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, actually until I got into things like Wilco and stuff like that. And I kind of went back, but, uh, same with me. I, 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 started, um, in 2002 with Yankee hotel. And then I worked my way back yeah. uh, to summer teeth and to being there yeah and and uh finally am I think the a m was actually I, I I think I literally worked back in progression yeah but summer teeth um so I have like these theories i I, I explain them to Jerry all the time about how like um, uh, records are like bunched together in people's catalogs there's like phases of of their of their um, band oh yeah and with Wilco, I've got like two different theories. I've got the one theory where there is AM being in time, being, being, in, <laughs> being there, yeah. and. Uh, 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 that's hilarious. Uh, AM that was Freudian. being there, and then I. <laughs> almost. Almost. Uh. <laughs> Uh and then if you if you put the Billy Bragg Oh yeah, dude. Um, I love those Mermaid Avenue albums. In there. So that's that's a triad, mm-hmm. right? Uh and then Summer Teeth, uh, Yankee Hotel, and A Ghost Is Born is like their kind of like you know, radiohead phase, like or they're like kind of crazy. Sound or, or breaking phase. out of all country. Yeah. Yeah. Um but if you take out the uh Billy Bragg one, then you can really play Summer Teeth as like this turning point. Uh-huh. It's got one it's got one foot in being there and it's got one foot in Yankee Hotel. It does. Fox it's got the B-Boppi like in right it. Right on yeah. the edge of the 90s and the twi- and the and the aughts. Yep.
1: I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it 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 is kind of like that Bridge album I think in terms of the direction they were going <laughs> and then the lineup that changed. But yeah, dude, I was I was super into that first Mermaid Avenue album. I actually went and saw Billy Bragg up in Chicago once when I was in college, um, and that was that was a cool show. It was like a union rally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, he, uh, funnily enough,
1: he was on uh, he was on NPR this morning. They were doing an interview, long long form interview with him this morning that I caught a little bit of. He's still going at it. He's touring the East Coast right now. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you that that country, if you got into them on Yankee Hotel or later, going back would be weird. But at the same time, man, I feel like they kind of paved the way uh, for a lot of these great new like whatever you call them, outlaw country or alt country people mm-hmm. that are doing things. I've, that's mainly what I've been listening to over the last six months to a year. And those are mainly the shows that I've been going to too, uh, listening to a lot of that. And I think that's why I like those first. Well, including the double album, like four discs of Wilco, plus mm-hmm. the two Mermaid uh, Avenue ones. The first ones I think is a lot better than the second one. But actually, are there? Th- there might be three. I think they put one out like within the I last no ten idea. years or something. But um, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. That I like the narrative part of the storytelling, which they do a lot of on Summer Teeth too. I think um, that that's mm-hmm. a real, uh, real uh, process that is used, you know, a lot in country music
0: and stuff like that. So I dig it. So now the first one they used Woody Guthrie's lyrics, right, and then added the accompaniment.
1: Yes, I think that first so reading on some I of think the. That First yeah. album was Woody Guthrie songs, or mainly Woody Guthrie yeah. songs. Yeah.
0: But the next two, Mermaid Avenues, are just collaborations with Billy Bragg, and it's ri- all original.
1: I think they are original. I'm not sure, but yeah. they don't. I don't Woody recognize them as like Woody Guthrie songs or anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Yeah, but
0: yeah. So I have. Um, I have this review from the 20th anniversary. I actually went back and read the Pitchfork review from 1999, which was kind oh. of cool. And uh, I gained uh, I gained some interesting things from that. One is that I didn't really realize that when he broke with Uncle Tupelo <laughs> that he was actually the second name on that billing and that that Ferrar guy was actually, at the time... Oh more interesting and and more of the uh, the star of Uncle Tupelo and okay. that first Sunvolt record Yeah, that's
1: a good record too. was kind too. of
0: hailed as like the new alt country Yeah. um you know kind of a thing. Those are great records. So, but then on on Sunvolt's second album it kind of flipped cuz then mm-hmm. Sunvolt's second album compared to being there being there apparently was like just way better. And so then it it was like, now Wilco is the heir apparent Uh to this kind of alt country throne, as opposed to, to Sunfold after the breakup of uncle Tupelo. Huh? And so like there, this second, this next one after being there, um, was kind of this, like, we're going to take that alt country moniker and kind of like, fuck with it. Like, we're not going to play by the rules and, and, we're going to blur the lines, yeah. all that kind of shit. But I'll, I'll read this here um, to get us into it. Summer Teeth, released 20 years ago, is Wilco's contribution to a common trope in the pop music history. The prettiest songs are often the ugliest subjects. It's the most gorgeously ornate album Wilco ever made and also the most disturbing. Tweedy writes in his memoir, Let's Go, So We Can Get Back. Have you read that? Or no, I haven't. Anything from uh-huh. it? I did not even know if its existence. I didn't either. That the album containing "Via Chicago" is the record that's hardest for my wife to listen to, which makes sense.
1: Yeah, great song.
0: She begged me not to hit her.
1: It's a murder ballad. I
0: love it. How often do you? How often do you catch a murder ballad? Well, yeah, because it has that classic like country thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I shot a man in Reno just to watch exactly. him die. Exactly,
1: Johnny Cash. I mean, what are some other ones like? Yeah. uh uh, Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe, Murder Ballad. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska, Murder Ballad. Oh,
0: yeah. That's a great uh the,
1: great the one Nirvana did in Unplugged, uh, lead, The Lead Belly, Where'd You Sleep Last Night, Murder Ballad. Dude, murder mm-hmm. ballads are awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. We could do a whole pod on For murder sure. ballads. For sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Call me up. <laughs> that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Via Chicago will come up again yeah. uh, in this pod. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Tweedy wrote the songs that became Summer Teeth at what should have been the happiest time in his life. Rather than sabota- sabotaging his music career, the breakup of Uncle Tupelo, his massively influential country-punk partnership with childhood friend Jay Farrar, had liberated him to pursue a vision entirely his own. He'd married his longtime girlfriend, Sue Miller, the owner of Chicago music venue lounge acts and together they're raising a young son. Shout out to my darling I I I didn't get the gravity of my darling until I had a kid. It's like oh the yeah the best like you just had a kid and this is a song, you know, you're you're made from the love in each of our hearts.
1: Oh, I have to go back and listen to that with you that can, in mind now. That. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's totally for his kid, Mm -hmm. and and it and once I had a kid, I heard it completely differently, and you can totally hear that it's for. It's wild. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: This kid's a drum the drummer now, right? Or a drummer on his solo albums? Isn't his son is? the drummer? Jay Farrar? I'm pretty. I'm uh no Tweety's son. Oh, Tweety's On his son like, solo is. projects, oh, wow. he's the drummer.
0: Yeah. yeah, I guess it'd be 99. Man, he'd be like 20 yeah. years old himself. <laughs>
1: well, and he st- he started like early. I think he was 16, 17 when he yeah. started going out with his dad. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's kind of a fun little What a factory. life.
1: That would rule. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> also, you're always defined by your father and not by your own.
1: Well, yeah, you know, so that's true, too. a
0: little fucked up shit there, too, probably.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, My Darling. There's a genre there, too, of, like, uh, first parents. Uh, artists yeah. becoming first uh, parents, and, and they, they make a song. Eyes, Eyes Wide Open, Scott Stapp. Of course, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> from Creed. <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
1: Whatever happened to those guys? <laughs> they got what they deserved.
0: I saw uh, he was on a he was on a headline for um, they do a, it, it, it. Red Rocks is totally bullshit now. They do all like um, nostalgia bands, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, it's totally. And they had um So I like, missed
1: my window of getting to Red Rocks when it was cool.
0: Maybe. You you might uh, have. Well, it's like that's a, yeah. that's okay. 3 Nights of Dave Matthews. <laughs> uh, you know. Well, featuring. Where does he not um, play 3 Nights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that dude is busy as hell. <laughs> you know, with special guests live and uh, Candlebox no. or something. I did you know, go like see a, a live
1: live last year with Counting Crows.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, that that's was what I'm uh, talking about. A depressing, a depressing evening in in some ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but he was on a billing for some <laughs> fucking bullshit show, and it said Scott Stapp, and then in parentheses. From Creed or the Voice of Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Man, that's pathetic. <laughs> you gotta yeah, put, you gotta nobody put, even knows your name. You need a parenthetical <laughs> for people to know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Starring featuring Eddie Vetter, Pearl Jam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, Eddie Vetter doesn't need a parenthetical.
1: No. Scott Stabb no. was the poorest of man a poor man's <laughs> Eddie Vetter. He was. He was the poor
0: man's Eddie Vetter. He was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, destitute. The orphan Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> Redheaded stepchild Eddie Vedder.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Uh,
2: the
0: 1996 double LP, Being There, helped... <laughs> I almost said time again. Had established Wilco as arguably the most talented and ambitious band in all country and helped Tweedy escape his reputation as Farrar's plucky sidekick. Isn't that weird?
1: Yeah, that sidekick. Is- that's never, crazy. I, just because I have from, from
0: the back. I never would have thought me, that. I
1: I guess you got to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his career was on the rise and his family was setting down. Yet he writes, I was probably as unhappy as I'd ever been. I was insecure, homesick, and drug addled. Uh, even worse, I had more love in my life than I ever had and I was still lonely. You know how to fight loneliness, though, Jeff Tweedy. Don't worry about yeah. that. Yeah. One of their best lines, smile all the time. Uh, Furthermore, that, yeah.
1: go ahead. <laughs> no, that, that song rules.
0: <laughs> Furthermore, Tweedy was frustrated that Wilco had been pigeonholed as an alt-country band, a perception reinforced by Mermaid Avenue collaborative album with Billy Bragg setting music to unused Woody Guthrie lyrics. That's where I got the Woody Guthrie lyrics thing. Uh, being there had blown open the possibilities of what Wilco could be, but most of the listening public still saw the band in a certain way. People assumed we had this sort of identifiable philistine range of influences. Tweedy wrote, and we, in our heads, knew that that wasn't the case. It was different. It was a different record born from a different process. In many ways, Summer Teeth was a dry run for Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, and its accompanying saga, huh. being. Be it Tweedy's embrace of abstract impressionistic lyrics, the introduction of extensive studio tinkering to tear apart the songs, or the tearing apart of the band that came along with it. Drummer Ken Coomer and bassist John Stewart were largely excluded from the sessions while Tweedy and Bennett popped pills and piled on their overdubs. As Coomer complained to Greg Knott in his Wilco biography, Learning How to Die, there wasn't really a band. There were two guys losing their minds in the studio. That's also interesting.
1: Yeah, there's some footage of that. I've seen that on YouTube with that uh, that Bennett guy and Tweedy in the rehearsal space in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they're just like, uh, yeah, they got all kinds of knobs and buttons and. I never thought about it like that, but it is. It is like the precursor to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I mean, it's got the. it's oh, very, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's very produced, and not not in a pejorative sense, but like it's got a lot going on, you know.
0: But it's it's like produced in like a real pill poppy way, you know, like the way yeah. that um, you know maybe a, a Pink Floyd would have gone into the. The studio and, and, or like a radio head where you're, you're, you're creating while you're um, discovering or discovering while creating or whatever like that. Right. You know, it's not like this kind of linear process. It's, it's this breaking down, building up, taking things yep. out, overdub things, you know, that kind of stuff. It was the yeah. first time they worked that way. It sounds like.
1: And it sounds like it too. I mean, yeah. I mean, where, like, being there had a lot of, like, jamming on it. It was more mm-hmm. just all, like, guitars, piano, keyboard, mm-hmm. drums, you know, the typical instrumentation. But, yeah, summer teeth, you're turning knobs, pressing buttons, getting weird sounds, loops, things like that. Yeah.
0: See, because I think that somewhere Tweety kind of wrote all of these songs as normal alt country ballads kind of a thing. And then they went in there and broke them down. I mean, did you ever see how to, I am trying to break your heart. Um, the, um, (sighs) documentary about making inky hotel Foxtrot.
1: You know what? I think I did see that, but it's been a long time, but that does sound familiar.
0: Yeah. It seems like they perfected this kind of studio performance that they discovered on Summer Teeth, they perfected in Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, yeah. or yeah. or maybe a ghost is born, depending on who you are.
1: Well, it was much more like Yankee Hotel Foxtrot to me was much more succinct. Like it, it, you know, it, like, yeah, everything fit together. Everything was tight. Mm-hmm. Where Summer Teeth, kind of loosey goosey a little bit.
0: It is it, it is a bit of a random collection but also the songs are in the perfect spot there the, some of the songs and um, we'll get to our favorites and I, I think the best record the best song on the record but the songs all fit together in the right place and like I think the best song on this album is Via Chicago and it is in the exact right spot yeah. between uh, it, it's between How to Fight Loneliness and ELT. ELT has a, has a much more all-country feel to it. it it's, it's something of the past. And How to Fight Loneliness, I thought it was on Yankee Hotel for the longest time. It has something of the future to it. And Via Chicago is like the middle of the middle of the middle. If, if Summer Teeth is the, is the transition record between being there in Yankee Hotel... Via Chicago is the middle of that middle. I mean, it literally is almost in the middle of the record, too.
1: Yeah, it really is, especially when you take out that, what's that track, 23 Seconds of Silence or whatever? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it lands right in the middle. It, It starts in that being there place, but then it completely falls apart exactly like Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Uh, wood. There's the dissonance and the resonance. You know, the dissonance coming from the, the screechy, scratchy guitar and the resonance coming from that beautiful Bennett piano. Yeah.
2: I printed my name on the back of a leaf And I watched it float away The hope I had in a notebook full of white dry pages Was all I tried to say Wind blew me back Via Chicago in the middle of the night And all without fight at the crush of veils and starlight Oh yeah that's 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 your best song
0: Via Chicago I think it's the I think it's the best song on the record Yeah I'm, I'm trying to Cause that was my thing is that favorite is, is more subjective and best is, is more object. And I'm thinking of how summer teeth sits in the catalog and then how via Chicago encapsulates everything about both sides of the Wilco coin that I love. Yeah. And so I think that it has to be the best one. I mean, some of my honorable mentions, she's a jar. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the lyrics... Via Chicago has some of, like, the classic Tweety, like, fucked-up lyrics. Oh, yeah. You cold, hot blood ran away from me to the sea. I painted my name on the back of a leaf, and I watched it float away. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, dude. What I are you mean, he's... About? he. uh. <laughs> He murdered somebody in San Francisco and then went back to Chicago, you know, dying on the banks of Embarcadero skies, the Embarcadero down on the water in San Francisco. Like, yeah, dude, I mean, it's, that is, that's, I have that, I have two under my favorites and that's one of them. My, the best song I thought about a little differently, I guess. I thought about more like radio play or like listen. Okay. give
0: me your process then.
1: Listenability. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, even though like it's hard as to As your fu- best
0: or your favorite? As your best? That's my
1: best. So that's you were how like, I'm looking thinking about the it, as the best song. Uh, like uh, almost yeah. in terms of marketability. Um, yeah,
0: you were looking for the single, the hit.
1: Yeah, right, right. Okay. And uh it's hard to get away from like kind of weird lyrics in this album for sure, but I think that <laughs> yeah. maybe the best song uh, in terms of radio player marketability is the title track is summer teeth it's interesting got, it's got really weird lyrics it's like a dream you know mm-hmm. but uh, the they have and it's so weird because I I grew up, my sister loved the Beatles, and I think that's why I would never really listened to the Beatles. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. they have such a Beatles vocal in several of these tracks. The way it's mixed, or the effect they have on it, mm-hmm. um, it has a very Beatles sound to me. It's just a dream
2: he Doesn't seem to mean anything, and it doesn't seem to mean anything. One summer, suicide. Another that's, I think that's,
1: that's why Summer Teeth stuck out to me as just like listenability, marketability. That, like you said, the single or mm-hmm. the radio track. But I mean,
0: yeah, it, it's got it, some, it's wild a really lyrics. light moment. Mm-hmm. It's a really light moment on it a is. dark. I mean, just because it's a dream we keep having, it doesn't even mean nothing. It has right. like a beachy, almost yep. kind of, and and yep. so a lot of those moments on it's there almost also pop contribute song. to like the yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's like that '60s pop, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like Beach Boys, Beach Boysy, yeah, exactly, Beatles and yep. stuff like that, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's very it, it's a light, but it but it also has those like dark, weird, like fucked up lyrics, uh, yeah. along with everything. That's a that's a that's a good pick. The funny thing is, is that I read on the uh, original uh, review from Pitchfork in '99 that "Can't Stand It" was a late edition requested by the uh, radio company, really? sorry, the record company for the radio. Uh, and so the the album was supposed to start with she's a jar and it has a completely different feel if it starts with she's a jar don't you oh, think yeah, then for sure what they kind of put as the radio hit of uh can't stand it which can't stand it is a great radio hit too it's a little more like indie it's got that i, mean, I think it's there's some real indie base songs kind of though
1: too like that mm-hmm. that little jam in the middle that. Yeah, yeah. Dun, I could dun, see dun, why dun, the radio dun, would want that. Yeah, because it's got a very, very uh, memorable hook to it.
0: Supposedly, they wanted to kind of, like, make it less depressing, so they added Can't Stand It at the beginning instead of opening with She's a Jar.
1: And ironically, that's sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is. I mean, She's a Jar is, like... It's a great song. Like, Pavement mm-hmm. uh Stephen Malkmus kind of, like, indie music. Like It's, like ur er, indie music—it's like the beginning of indie mm-hmm. indie rock. Is that "She's a Jar" with a heavy lid? Pop kids, <laughs> just that kind of like sad delivery, yeah. you know, that you get from David Berman or um, huh. Stephen Malkmus.
1: But you're right—if it had started off with "She's a Jar," like you're just you, you start out in in the darkness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Exactly. It's so funny how um record labels have that had that power back then. Not not really anymore. You can just kind of release yourself. Or you have to get way bigger to get a record la- a big record label. I don't know. Well, and now with the there.
1: internet, dude, that's the great equalizer for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah. You don't have to mess with any of that. Or, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but like Pearl Jam got off of their Epic label, and I mean, I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but their last couple albums, to me, have <laughs> just kind of fallen off. That's it's it's well, it's the same with Wilco, man. I, and I have this theory mm-hmm. that once you get rich, your music starts mm-hmm. to suck. <laughs>
0: Well, and, and once you do your last uh, obligation for your label, mm-hmm. then you don't have like this pushback. The there's pressure. is like this kind of like, yeah, there's like this resistance where you have to be something or you have to kind of fall in line. And so, and so I, I always think that restrictions actually boost creativity. Yeah. You know, and so when you Parameters. have no restrictions... Yeah, we have no parameters. Then it it does kind of get to be a little bit of a shit. And I would even say that of my beloved Radiohead. Yeah. Once they were off there. Oh, I think the majority of bands,
1: man, do that. Um, I mean, even people that have done it for so long and are like just prolific people like Neil Young. I mean, Mm -hmm. he puts out Mm -hmm. some dud albums, man. You know, in, yeah. at least in my opinion, I I listen to them when they come out or whatever. And some of them are cool, got some good tracks, you know. I'm always a yeah. fan well, of... Well, a, that's the a, nature
0: of the singer-songwriter, though, right. don't you think? Oh, for sure. Like, they just, like, put out everything.
1: Yeah. Is it, yeah, it's just the prolific kind of mm-hmm. cast a wide net, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah I'm not gonna, gonna bother recording it if I'm not gonna put it out kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And there's something But with to bands, that. I think there is a huge drop-off that comes with freedom.
1: Yep, money, freedom, the uh, ability—you lose certain kinds of struggles or certain kinds of like existential crises that make for good storytelling or good lyrics and good music. For me, and I—I I remember listening to your guys' uh, episode a while back when you, I think you, when you were talking about the new Jeff Tweedy album and mm-hmm. you guys talking about kind of when they lost it. And for me, mm-hmm. it was after, like, Yankee Health to Health Foxtrot was their last album that w- that I really listened mm. to. I mean, I listened to everything, but after that, sure. The Ghost is Born has a few, uh, few tracks that aren't too bad on there, but Star Wars and Smilco or whatever and all that shit is just mm-hmm. like, dude, yeah, <laughs> you guys have so much paper now that you're just putting out garbage. <laughs>
0: Yeah. They become a parody of themselves. Yeah. I think that uh Sky Blue Sky is is like Summer Teeth in the sense that it is the transition album. I think that A Ghost Is Born still connects is is the kind of the afterthought of mm-hmm. Yankee Hotel. It's mm-hmm. the finishing of Yankee Hotel. Yeah. And then Sky Blue Sky, which I think is a really good record, but it, it to me also says it's the last of the good records and the beginning of the shit records.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: It has a sparkle to it that the rest of them have a sheen to it. A, uh, it's the, that, s- it's that-
1: the singing. He's like, mm-hmm. he's trying to sing now instead of kind of like talk and yeah. wail. And like, he's trying to put together a, a pretty song. And it's like, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. Oh, uh, so. I-
0: have we talked about our favorite songs? We both talked about the best song. Uh, Have we about I, the favorite songs? I got
1: two favorites. I had Via Chicago on there for sure, uh, mm-hmm. but How to Fight Loneliness I think might edge yeah. edge Via Chicago out, even though it is uh, a murder ballad, and I, I dig that. But the Oregon in How to Fight Loneliness is awesome. I think.
2: What is that loneliness? Smile all the time. Shine your teeth till meaningless. Sharpen them with lies. Whatever's going down.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. They traded their banjo in for an uh, for an organ. Yeah. and an under, I love it. underutilized
1: it, it's, instrument in bands, the organ.
0: Organ's it's awesome. It's so eerie and brooding.
1: See, I got to get you and Jerry into an organ band, which is the Black Crows. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy organ and they're awesome. (laughs) You guys missed the boat, man.
0: We did miss the boat on (laughs) Black Crows. We might have let it go, set sail without us, but we did miss the boat. Yeah,
1: you flipped it off as it uh, left port. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But
0: for sure, how to fight loneliness is is, yeah. uh, yeah one of the good ones on there. It's an instruction manual. My pick was Shot in the Arm.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a, um, it's like a pump-up song.
0: <laughs> it is. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. like a jock jam. <laughs> yeah. I love that, like, cause, uh, cascading piano at the beginning. Uh-huh. Just kind of, like, hyping. It's hyping the crowd. Yeah.
2: Yes, Tristan, you're up that Mind. Your pillow wept. You your eyes and you finally slept While the sun caught fire. you changed
0: oh man and then like it hits those power chords you know it's all about the piano in this one like it's all about the organ and how to fight loneliness.
1: Yeah, be good like run running song
0: or get get jacked up mm-hmm. song. Yeah. yeah, that is. That's it totally a good song. builds. It's like it's like a it's like a regular, it's like a night where you're like you're cracking beers and like crushing cigarettes at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, some point in the night, you're like, "How do we get more high? Maybe I need <laughs> yeah. a shot in the arm. Take it maybe, to the next level. Just, maybe take it to the next level. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: That is. That's a the. That's a good song.
0: Yeah, it just it just rises to a to a fever pitch. And it's not really like anything else on their album. It doesn't have that ballad like country feel. Right. You know. It's just a it's just a great builder. And it's all about atmosphere. The Christian of those songs yeah. that yeah, it doesn't have like that that normal kind of like first chorus, first chorus bridge. I chorus. mean it's cool, dude. Thing. It's like, it builds.
1: It's cool. You like the upbeat, happy song on the Depressed album. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how happy it is, but it's upbeat.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are, t- it, you know, something in my veins, bloodier than right, blood. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the ashtray says you were up all night is maybe my favorite lyric. I would get that tattooed on my body, I think. Uh,
1: that's a great line. Yeah, it is. That's a great line.
0: I should maybe just get an ashtray. That'd be a great tattoo—just an ashtray with butts in it,
1: like overflowing butts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like smoke coming out of it. Yeah. There you go. I feel like that I feel like ashtray tattoo is hard. Where
1: Where would you put it?
0: That's true. O- Over my heart. Over your heart. God damn it! That's a yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the right answer. <laughs> that is the only correct answer. Over your heart. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm he, seriously he's that. a great lyricist. I mean, he's got some. He's got some great lyrics for sure. That's that's what oh, was the intriguing yeah. part to me about them. The storytelling aspect on their early like AM um and mm-hmm. then um and the mermaid uh, avenue but then like yeah and it, not a lot of lyrics you know it's much more like poetic than it is i mean some of these songs got a shit ton of lyrics or at least it Absolutely. feels like the, like the, the, the national always feels like to me is like this guy got to stop talking <laughs>
0: That's what everyone says. It's a little too wordy for me. Thanks, (laughs) though. It's like, good God, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Take a breath.
2: Yeah. We hear you. Okay. We get it.
0: (laughs) Wilco. Well, Wilco's like lyrics open doors mm-hmm. You know what I mean Like they're one lines Like the ashtray says You were up all night But it opens an entire door To an experience That I've had over and mm-hmm. over again And it's very it doesn't have yeah. to make sense You know what I mean It doesn't have to make sense In a, in like a Like a read it from beginning to end no, Kind of yeah. thing it can, it can just have these Like little like tangents Or like oh I love that lyric And I can take that lyric And pull it out Yeah and put it on my body
1: <laughs> Yeah, put it on your heart Over your heart Yeah <laughs> While you're on a knee <laughs>
0: uh, I like a dirty ashtray Yeah Tattoo That No I could, I could get Jerry to, to get a dirty ashtray tattoo
1: Yeah You guys could get mm. them together it could,
0: be our, it could be the radio care tattoo
1: Make a cool t-shirt too Just an overflowing ashtray See?
0: Just an overflowing you, you
1: Your family could make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. And I will. Uh, <laughs> I will purchase one of those t-shirts. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> Come on, guys. Make it happen. <laughs> I think
0: we've gotten through this podcast pretty well. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm getting loose. <laughs> okay. All right, I think that does it for us this time. Revisit Summer Teeth and tell us what you think by leaving us a review on iTunes. Follow the links in the show notes to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seale. With me was Reed from Sports, Sports, Sports. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. See you later. Ah, you know, you know. (laughs) I forgot
1: to tell you, but you have to do something. I remembered. I'm a listener. I'm a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a listener. Uh, uh, that
0: was good. Thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah,
1: dude, that was fun.